1: Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is Rugby League, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Terry Evans, it's still on for Manly. Away from Hess, kicks in field. Look who's there! Tom, Truff, Good chase there. My goodness! Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Today's show presented proudly by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Tell you what, we are through the dreaded buy period. Thank God. I love this time of year because uh, while we are running a little bit lower on trades, generally speaking, there's just less pressure to worry about buys, origin, ins and outs, that sort of thing. Uh, Yes, trades become extremely important when we only have five, six, seven, eight left, but uh, it's a lot easier time of year, in my opinion, except for sit V starts. We'll get to those later. Here to talk with me is 2019 NRL Supercats champion, Desi Creek. Des, how are you, mate?
2: Uh, well, as you know, Timmy, I went pretty damn hard at uh, this particular buy round as opposed to the first one. Uh, managed a pretty respectable 952, um, thanks to some big scores from guys like Cody Walker, who's just been lying dormant uh, waiting <laughs> for this round, apparently, um, and brought in Latrell obviously, for his 90, so pretty pretty chuffed with that, up to 609th overall. So hopefully I can Ooh. sort of continue the momentum, use my last 10 trades wisely, and, yeah, jag the sort of top 500 finish.
1: Way to play yourself down, mate. Yeah, there's a pretty decent 960 this week, which is an <laughs> enormous score. It right, wasn't uh, the biggest
2: uh, I saw around, though. Yeah, some I know, some well, bigger ones.
1: You know, <laughs> if it wasn't for our uh, beloved sniper teams, then you would have been a very, very high ranking this week. Uh, mate, into the 600s, that's really, really big. And while, while there's a bit of ground to make up, up obviously, to top spot, a few decent pods, skippers, that sort of thing, things can change pretty quickly. So you're right in the hunt there. Uh, also with me is last year's 91st place get an absolute wizard of super coach. It is the Spy. Spy, how are you?
0: A wizard? That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me, mate.
1: <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> you must
0: be desperate. Um, nah, pretty good, boys. I um I took it pretty chilled last weekend. There was a couple of things I wanted to do. I was looking at making four trades. I ended up just making the two. Um, It sort of ended up costing me about 130 points, but their points I'm confident I can get back uh, as a result of saving those trades, which is nice. Still managed 770 thanks to Skipper Mitchie Moses. Um, oh. I actually just missed the start of the second half. So I was hopping into a cab and Desi said something through to me and it was, I'm like, Mitchy's done something here. And I looked and he was suddenly about 45 points more, you beauty. <laughs> so that was um, a rare bit of good news from the Des man. He's normally sledging me like yourself, but that's <laughs> all good. Uh, And the good news is I've got 11 trades left and $300,000, so I've played the patience game a lot like yourself in recent years, Timo, and I'm hoping that can propel me up uh, pretty high. If Desi's looking at top 500, then that must mean I'm looking at top uh, 300 or 100, so let's see how we can go, boys.
1: Very, very well-placed, fellas. Uh, good to see you boys finally cottoned on to the fact that long-game, long, long game, patient strategy is the way to go in Supercoach, and you've followed me on in my ways. Very, very good to see. The Kuma Stallions, 867 points into 107th overall. Really, really good week. I was actually at the Sharkies and Storm game at Shark Park on the Thursday night. Had Brandon Smith and Andrew Fafita. Both got Simbin in that one. Grant Anderson, who went off injured and just could not take a trick. Uh, had Pappy as my VC, just was not going my way. Later on in the round, pretty well anything that could go right did for me between bringing in Mike Acevo, Cody Walker went big, Tony Staggs in the last game of the week turned up. Uh, so a good week for the Stales and yeah, very much sort of in striking distance with top spot there. So hopefully well enough plays to, to do a bit of damage, although there is a bit of a gap in the, the top 100, so plenty of work still to do. <clears throat> on today's show, we'll go through the Supercoach relevant team news. And there is a stack of it, obviously, with Origin on Wednesday night this week and the quick turnaround. Our topic this week, just going to look at our run-home strategy and whether or not it's changed in relation to to depth uh, as a result of the COVID outs last weekend that's impacted Origin, NRL supercoach, Nico Hines obviously being the big one last week there in terms of supercoach, uh, restings, all these sorts of things. Candy at your boys' thoughts. We're going to drop a pod and an anti-pod play for the week. Hot topics, as usual, and then our round 18 trades and skippers before wrapping up with a few questions. Quick shout-out to the SC Playbook Unlimited group. Leading that is Let's Go Brandon, coached by Rob, in third place overall. We've got seven of the top 20 overall ranked super supercoaches. Uh, as I said, I'm 107th overall, and I'm six in our group. So that is an awesome sign from us. Hopefully someone there can uh, claim the overall prize. If not, there'll be prizes for the Super Coach faithful. Anyway, SC Playbook faithful, I should say. SC Playbook in-house contributors league. First out of seventeen thousand leagues last year. We're still in second place this year, uh, quite comfortably ahead of third place. The little buggers from St. Gregs are still uh, got a bit of a gap on us to first. So a bit of work to do to catch them, fellas. Uh, Guys, the data centre, if you haven't jumped on scplaybook.com.au and into our data centre, that is live on site. We'll update that about Monday, lunchtime, every week when it lifts, price change calculator, Darusi's true player ownership stats, all the good stuff there. Uh, and also the punting pod with Sammy Williams, the former Canberra Raider, and a former data analyst from the TAB launched last Thursday. That'll be recorded again this Thursday morning. Them boys went nuts last week. Sam went four from four in his tips and uh, blew things out of the park. And James e. Hughes, our tip man from, formerly from the TAB, I think in one of his bets landed like a $9 pop. So good start to that. Have a listen on Thursday. Guys, let's get stuck into it. Team news. Desi, the Panthers have arrested just about everyone. We did have a bit of pre-warning from Ivan Cleary that that was going to happen. Uh, that'll test a lot of depth this week, won't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of yeah, probably missing most of it. You, you guys are, have got Brian Toa. I, I didn't bring him in. Um, Cleary is obviously the big one, uh, but I think most people will be able to cover it with uh, <laughs> Hines back at halfback for the Sharks. Mm. Um, but yeah. Other than that, it's it, there's actually pr- probably not that many players there that people still own. Like Liam Martin, most people would have moved on. Um, guys like that, Coruscant, I guess, is a big one for for some people.
1: Yeah, that's it. Clearly, as a, just about everyone serious is uh, impacted by it anyway. Toto, a handful, a decent handful of us, and then yeah, obviously had Happy Coruscant, who I think, despite a couple of good weeks in Supercoach, was probably a sell anyway with Harry Grant <laughs> looming. Uh, Spy Val Holmes and Jeremiah Nanai rested. This is big in a few ways because I know a lot of people were keen on Val Holmes this week, but obviously two days backing up after Origin 3 was going to be a big ask. Um, I think he might have been pretty keen on Val, might be wrong, but also it'll mean Scott Drinkwater will kick
0: goals for the Cowboys this week. That's the main thing, mate. My main man, Scotty, drinks with the kicking duties. So um, hopefully the Sharks are maybe not too resilient. But obviously they're a decent side, so that doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, Val's one to watch, certainly. I haven't had a massive look into him, uh, but he's the kind of bloke you can just keep an eye on. If you do have a trade or two up your sleeve, you might jump on him for for maybe the last month or something and and fly home. It's one of those options, Mm. but not at this stage. But certainly, yeah, one of those boys that little pod plays you might keep an eye on.
1: Toby Rudolph and Nico Hines, both named to play for the Sharkies. Uh, both missed last week due to COVID. And my question here for both of you is there were there were enough people out there who sold Nico Hines to facilitate probably a Ryan Pappenhausen trade-in last week or it might have been a Latrell Mitchell trade-in. The fact that he's coming back from COVID, has a tough match against albeit an understrength Cowboys outfit in Townsville and then Penrith in Penrith next week if you were one of those who sold Nico Hind, and also the fact that a lot of the players who you'd be selling to get Nico back, I know Scotty Drinkwater would be one of them, um, have a couple of nice weeks coming up, whatever. Desi, I'll start with you. Would you buy back Nico this week or would you potentially wait until after the Panthers game?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, if you sold him last week, I think you, you already had that in mind that you're going to wait um, those next couple of tough games. Um, But yeah, we've already seen guys return from COVID and score 100 straight away. Like Harry Grant did it, uh, like back-to-back 100 straight after returning from COVID. So, you know, it is a tough one and Hines is kind of fixture-proof. He's kind of shown that already, scores 80-100 against good teams. So, yeah, it's definitely one to keep in mind there.
0: Spite? Mate, I wouldn't get him back this week. The reason for that is the bikes you're probably bringing him in for is like Mitchell Moses. He's got the Warriors. Um, Ezra Mam has the Titans. So I'd 100% play Mam in that. We might get to that a bit more later. Um, so I think the options that you would be training him back for are pretty good, generally speaking. Then he's got Penrith next week. Look, at will score all right because is an accumulator. He's busy, but maybe he's upside's catch for a couple of weeks and you can maybe write a few price rises before getting him back post Penrith. What I would say though is don't just avoid him for no particular reason. If you need to make the trade, especially if it's for numbers or anything like that, and you know you're getting him back in it anyway, that's fine. I mean, I'm confidently playing him this week, but he's certainly not a must-buy yet by any means. Mm.
1: Sia Cifa uh, Talakai named on the bench for the Sharkies. That'll obviously all be minutes pending in origin. Uh, if there aren't injuries on field, I can really see CIFA playing, you know, maybe 15, 20-minute impact role off the bench, in which case I'd expect him to start at centre. Uh, but maybe not. It'd be a big season for him, so perhaps he does stay on the bench. Uh, however, that's one to monitor, and it is the first game of the week, so we'll know at least as Talakai owners... Ken McKinnis also named on the bench. Ruben Garrick named fullback for Manly despite an ongoing niggle of some sort. David Fafita named to start for the Titans. Fenua pole uh, named on the bench for the Tigers. No Ryan Madison uh, is a big one again for, for the Eels. So currently battling with a, a rib cartilage injury. So uh, I could be wrong and I'm sure I'll be corrected if I am. Not An injury where I think aggravation is is a massive risk, but a really, really bad sort of pain issue. Uh, Question on this one, guys, is very frustrating for people who held Madison through last weekend. Spy, Madison hold or sell?
0: I think now you've come this far with him, you just hold him. I think he'll be back by next week. I don't know that. I've, I've got no knowledge on it, but... He's pushed through the pain barrier. Ribs do tend to settle from what I've read from NRL Physio. So I think at this stage, you've, if you've held him through the buy, then I'd be hanging on to him because he could become pretty bloody valuable for the run home. Uh, again, the only reason you'd probably sell is if you're really short on players and you need numbers desperately because there are some pretty good options out there.
1: Mm, I'm with you, mate. I think Maddo, I'd be looking to hold on, Mado. as you said. If you've come this thr- far, hold on to him and hopefully you should be able to cover him this week. Desi, Teddy named to back up for the Roosters. Uh, obviously that is pending how he gets through Origin. Still no Luke Kiery, which is big for your man Joey Manu at five eight. How do we see, I mean, as a non Manu owner, this is mixed news for me because I really don't want to see him at fullback because I like you nearly bank a ton straight away. Uh, at five eight, how do you feel about him? And yeah, how how do you see him going there against the Dragons this week?
2: I think I'll be chucking my vice-captain on him, to be mm. honest. Like, he just gets his hands on the ball more. That's all you need from Manu. We know he's a ball hog. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah, He runs the ball a ton. He, he has 15, 16 runs a game at 5'8". Like, it's unheard of. You know, um, Only Dylan Brown was kind of matching that earlier in the season. And he's going to tackle bust. He's going to set up tries. He's going to pepper the rock. He's going to do the exact same thing that he really does at fullback, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm very keen on him.
1: Spy... Uh, interesting one for you, Manu, and we're in the same position. We're both non-owners. I know we were both tinkering. We're both tinkering with him as an antipod for the run home. I mean, you can't have everyone at centre wing. We were both tinkering with if Teddy doesn't back up and he moves to fullback, which I still think probably would happen with Drew Hutchinson coming in at 5'8", at getting him back this week. If he stays at 5'8", what's your take on him? Uh, and also, if he does stay at 5'8", probably not great news for Teddy because Teddy could hardly touch the ball with Manu. Uh, old glue hands. Yeah, potentially. Um, they'll find a way for Teddy to
0: get the ball. He'll go into first receiver, which potentially, just thinking on the run here, may offset Manu just a little bit in terms of touches and carries. But, yeah, it's a scary non-own this weekend. I'll, I've got a big decision to make moving forward of whether i grab Manu. Um, there's just so many good options now. You've got, like, your Fafitas, Cam Murrays, Tarponys, these blokes. I can <laughs> choose one of them over him. Kiri's going to be back soon by all reports. He'll go back to right-centre. Do you want Manu at right centre or someone like Tarpany? Um, I think potentially Tarpany for feeder types, but each to their own. He's a great bike to to own this weekend, and he's a great bike to own for the rest of the season as well. Whether I waste or use a valuable trade on him is the big question, Timo. I, I just don't know at this stage if he went to fullback, I'd just have to do it because I think he'd burn you too much. But at 5'8", I might just watch with one eye closed and see if I can push through to the next week and pick up someone like Fafida instead, which obviously isn't isn't a bad thing by any means.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty similar to you, mate. Desi will chop my head off here, but at centre, he doesn't worry me that much. 5'8", I'm concerned. Fullback, I'd be terrified and we'll be looking to get him in if Teddy doesn't back up. So we'll see how Teddy gets through Origin. And uh, as the spy said, i will be watching very nervously either way. Uh, Tupu and Angus Crichton both named to start in that one, pending origin. Selwyn Cobbo, Kirk Capewell rested for the Broncos. Uh, Capewell, probably not too surprising in the way the Broncos are placed. Cobo, not as surprising. Uh, Spy on Cobbo, 622k, five-round average of 79, some obviously good scores in him, some good form in him. I don't leave you're a Cobbo owner. What would you do if you did own him? I think it's a tough
0: question without being an owner because you'd have to look into things, but I'll, I'll give you one thing. Him not playing against the Titans who conceded eight tries yeah. in his last time out is a massive relief, but an absolute dagger for owners. So sorry about that, crew. Um, as to the fact, would I keep him? Uh, I'd have to check the Broncos' run home, to be honest, mate. If it's a reasonable run home without too many Penrith and Melbournes, then I'd just happily keep him. He seems just to be just getting better and better, or at least holding that standard that he set recently. So I'd be I'd be happy to sell him again, unless you need to. No one, I think what we're learning at this point of the year is no one's a must keep outside of your real elite guns. So if you need to make a move to get numbers, or whatever it may be, you can do that. But on the surface, he seems like a hold till next week. He should be back fresh and firing.
1: Yeah, ditto as a non-Cobbo owner. That Titans game, very glad he's not winning that one because he could have scored a thousand. Uh, Desi, Cameron Munster. In for the storm, Harry Grant named to start. Uh, Really, really big ones there. I think we'll get to them, fellas, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Just back on the Broncos, sorry. No pain, Haas, again, uh, proving a little bit of a frustrating hold for owners there. I do think if you've come this far, then, you know, later on uh, could pay dividends and save a trade and have a gun in your front row position. Zach Hosking, named to start again with Cable out. He was tremendous on debut. Alex Johnston named for the Bunnies. Richard Kenner the hat-trick hero for the Bunnies, which could have all been Alex Johnson's try. So anyone who owned him, Clementine Castellano was an owner, would have been a tough, tough watch on that one. Uh, Bellas, let's let's get stuck stuck into our topic for the week. And it is about our run-home depth strategy. Spies saved a few trades. Desi had but went hard last week, as did I. Uh, And while we probably have touched on it at times in recent weeks, I am I'm keen to just to get your updated thoughts because I know personally mine changed a little bit last week when we started seeing Munster, Tower, Lungy go down with COVID, Nico Hines, Toby Rudolph. Talk of this third wave of COVID coming through, let's hope it doesn't, but potentially looking that way at this stage, we saw Ivan Cleary willing to rest his whole team. We've seen uh, the Cowboys just a few there, Toddy Payton, it's just leading more and more to me going, all right, I want my depth and I want uh, not necessarily 25 active members, but at a stage where teams were looking, and I know Walsh uh, spoke last week prior to these outs about maybe having three, four narfs, uh, these sorts of things. It's definitely changed for me. Spy, where do you sit on it?
0: Yeah, Timo, it's depth, depth is certainly going to be important because as we saw with, with COVID at times, it can strike whenever. So you might end up with three, four, five guys not playing. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen, but it's something you do need to be prepared for, as as it is a possibility. For me, I think I look at it two ways. You can either have ultimate depth in like 25 players, whatever it may be, or if you've got more than two nuffs, say three, four or five non-playing guys, then you really need trades to back that up because if you've got the trades and you're able to cover laid outs, But if you don't have the trades, that's where depth becomes so important because you just don't have the trades to do anything. So if you've got a bunch of outs you need, for me, the magic number would probably be 23 active players. I myself have 22, I think, after this week. But I've also got a few additional trades, which gives me a bit of leeway. So I think the big one is just be wise with what you're doing. Don't just drop a guy who's active and playing for the sake of it, unless it's really critical to get a must-own type type sort of dude but yeah for me probably 23 is the rough number that you'd like to have but all depends on trades more than anything for me but just be aware guys it could go mad late you never quite know
1: that's it and if it does um yeah it might not it might not but if it does teams with depth it just like the swings are going to be enormous uh, so and it's not only just covid it's, it's it is it's injuries it's restings it's all these sorts of things Desi, I know my employee changed a little bit after the Thursday night game last week off the back of all this COVID news, uh, throwing Grant Anderson, who was borderline going to be a potential nuff anyway, but when he got injured, I was like, all right, there's going to be another nuff in my team. So I ended up flipping from Cartwright to Polley at the Tigers. Uh, Where do you sit on it, and uh, how are you going to approach the back end of the year?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that I have 10 trades left uh, says it all, you know, I would have five or even four in previous seasons maybe coming into this back end. So I've kind of been spouting it for a while. I suspected it was going to happen. Um, and yeah, also what you have to be careful of is if COVID goes through a certain team, you don't want to be maybe too heavy on Penrith. Mm. Um, you could have tago May and Brian To'o all out on the same week, but it's, it's strange that it actually hasn't panned out like that so far. Like Heinz getting COVID Rudolph and then no one else in the Sharks. Like, don't really i can't really put my finger on why that's happening you kind of expected to go through the whole team um because it's just so contagious but yeah i mean i'm kind of just sitting on those 10 trades now i might not even trade this week to be honest um i kind of just want to see how the next couple of weeks pan out um but yeah that's kind of where i'm sitting
1: yeah, and people will be sitting there going, Well, of course, you want depth and you, and you want the most, as many good players in your team as you can. But I suppose where it comes in is uh, it might be a player like you might need to free up cash to, say, facilitate a getting Cam Munster and Harry Grant in this week. So you might be going, All right, <clears throat> I'll trade out Max King at 490K for someone worth 175K to bring in all that money to do it. Well, that's where I'm probably going, You know what? I don't want that enough. Uh, I might do him to someone worth. 300 grand who's playing and could be handy, additional number, or I don't trade him at all, or I find other ways whilst getting 25 active players. So that's the way I see it. Spy, the other thing I'll throw at you, and I think we've touched on a little bit so far this season oh, from time to time, but with every week that goes by and every season that goes by, the VC loophole is just incredibly overrated uh, to me outside of buy around And I know people look at it particularly as a back end of season tool to use, but. Like, I don't think I've even considered looping this year or been in a position to do so, particularly in the current day of Supercoach where players can go 150 plus so easily. Um, Like, I think it's just a very luxury position to be in if your VC happens to go 150 plus on a tough week. But otherwise, I'm just seeing it's being more and more overrated.
0: Mate, I definitely agree. Uh, On top of that, It actually makes the weekend quite unenjoyable because you look at what would have happened and you're like, oh, please don't score well the guy I've dropped or please don't score well the guy I've captained. Whereas if you just make your call for the week on who your skipper is, you just enjoy it more. And if he doesn't go that well, you just deal with it. But if you loophole, it's extra. it just hurts extra if it goes wrong. I can tell you, Mm. I think it was last year or the year before, I VC'd someone who got about 140 from memory. I'm like, that's pretty good. We'll do it. And then I didn't captain... Little Pappenhausen, and he scored 199. <laughs> it was the most painful watch of my life. I I could have had a 200 captain. I let it go. Uh, even this year, Pappy got that 135 a couple of weeks ago, and it, I had pretty good depth. It made sense just to loop, and I'm like, I just don't want to do it. it. Just doesn't feel right. I don't want to cap my upside if my skipper goes bananas and the guy you're dropping goes bananas as well. Uh, it ended up going pretty well for the loophole, and I ended up making I think 12 points. So that's. That's what would have happened if I would have looped. I think it's overrated. Um, good to have. If someone scores 200-plus as your VC, then you could probably just use it anyway. It doesn't really matter who what you're doing after that, but I'm not big on it, mate, at all. I'm with you.
1: Yeah, and another thing I'm probably reiterating a little bit that I speak of quite often, but particularly this time of year is where it becomes relevant. Uh, so my CT dub at the, at the moment, Brian To'o, uh, Taylor and May, Isaac Tungo, CC for Talakai, Katoni Staggs, Mike Acevo, Ronaldo Muli One of, uh, so I've got Targo, or Tungo, should I say, in the back row at the moment, Talakai in the centres. But the luxury of stacking this CT position is because it's such a volatile position where players can go low. Any of those guys on tough weeks, I sit. Just play the blokes who have got the good matchup so you can score a bunch of tries. It's a position I love to be in. So anyone that is in a position to hopefully stack CTW depth, that's the place where I'm trying to do it uh, as we try and get deeper and deeper squads this time of year. Uh, Spy, mate, crazy times at the moment. Interest rates are going nuts. You're a bloke who doesn't mind saving a buck where you can from time to time. You coping all right? <laughs> well,
0: luckily, mate, because I do like saving a dollar. I don't own a house, so it doesn't impact me necessarily, but uh, maybe it does open up an opportunity to to pick something up down the line. Uh, I don't quite know how it all works, but um, have you got someone for me?
1: <laughs> you better believe I do, mate. Pat and George from Mortgage Choice. the boys. You're a smooth man, <laughs> <laughs> With interest rates going up, it might be time to finally trade banks and save yourself a bit of cash. If you've got no idea where to start, like The Spy, shoot Pat and George from Mortgage Choice a message on Instagram or give them a call on 02 9521 1611 and mention the special code SC Playbook for a free consultation, and they'll take care of the rest. Doesn't matter if you're based in a state, elsewhere, another country, whatever. The boys will sort you out, so don't hesitate to give them a call uh, and hesitate, oh, hesitate, allay any fears you might have going forward. We've also actually got a QR code on site for them guys in a lot of our articles, so if that's easier, do that one. Boys, pod, Antipod plays for the week. Desi, I'll start with you, mate. Who have you got?
2: Uh, for the pod play, I know he's coming back from injury, but... I think a sneaky punt on Ruben Garrick um, as captain or vice-captain. Just ter- terrible Newcastle team, really. They just haven't mm. looked very good at all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Manly will be up for it down at Brookie on Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah. Antipod play. Hate it. Antipod play. I, I guess the biggest antipod play going forward is just not captaining <laughs> Um I know he had a quiet game against Cronulla. I sort of expected it, but... I don't really see him going sub-60 or sub-70 from now until the end of the season.
1: Yep, fair. The, uh, the poor old 90s, after that win two weeks ago with their full pack back, all beating into the, top, the Titans, I thought, you know, they've got their pack back, maybe they can work off this and they're turning a corner and then they couldn't beat a bunny side with nearly their entire pack out. Uh, Spire, what have you got?
0: Yeah, boys, I've got a couple of pod trading options at the moment. I couldn't quite believe this when I saw it. I was looking at Ads Darusi's article. Cam Murray's currently owned unless I read this wrong, by about 1% of people, which makes sense. He had origin and all the rest. you could cash out. So I think Cam Murray is an absolute beauty, although I'd wait a week because the issue with Murray this week is he plays the last game of the round. So if you're going to grab him, you'd have to do it early. Then if he gets rested late, you won't know and you won't have cover. So in the weeks moving forward, Cam Murray could be an absolute beauty. Uh, and one I'm looking at hard this week is David Fafita uh, back in the starting lineup. Mm. Could be nice, good price. He's not very. He's gone from like everyone owning him and I didn't to no one owning him and I can, which is a classic Desi move. I know he loves that. So um, I think David Fafita's a beauty in terms of skippers. I've got a few actually this week. Sorry, but bear with me. Mitchy Moses against the Warriors could be a cracker again. Um, yeah, he, that could he be. He's the kind of bike that that can be up and down, so it's risky, but. Just here at Combank, uh, he's playing good footy. He ran the ball so well last week, so that's one to look at. In terms of antipods, we've already spoken about Manu. It would be a very scary antipod, but it's something I'm looking pretty hard at, given those second-row options as well that I can get instead of him. Uh, and I quite like the the anti-Pappenhausen skipper option this week. He was banged around last week. Raiders, Raiders are quite physical. Uh, and I know last time they played, he didn't run the ball very often. Uh, but it is at Amy Park where he tends to score a try every three or four minutes. It seems when you don't captain him. So just one to look at mm. there. Uh, it is a scary one to do. And I might still, I might still go the C on him, but just one to consider.
1: Yep, like him, mate. My Andy Pods a little bit similar in <clears throat> Mana, who we spoke a bit about before. For the time being, that being said. <clears throat> Sorry, Marnie might or well, outside chances coming in for him. But Ruben Garrick, funnily enough, as Desi says, skipper, uh, that night's game does worry me. The only reason I say that a potential antipod is because I mean I don't own him, and I'm struggling to get him in, in my CT dub at the moment. But he is carrying that injury, so if it does hamper him a little bit, or he were to get injured as the masses jump on and trade him in, could potentially pave away way uh, for some little nice ranking jumps there, Pods, Actually bought in Sean Lane and Mike Acevo last week, who are about six and four percent ownership respectively. Uh, the the hail mary for me though, and this isn't something I'm going to be doing. But anyone sitting there going stuff it, my season's done, or, or I need to go for broke to bring someone in. Caleb Ponga, two point six percent ownership, and could be goal kicking. In fact, I suspect he'll probably be goal kicking this week because he'll come in for Tex Hoy. Uh, there'll be no Jake Clifford there as it stands, so it could be goal kicking. They'd run home. mainly this week, then the Roosters, tough, but then goes into the Dogs, Tigers, Broncos, Raiders, Titans, and Sharks. So pretty juicy run home there, probably one for two weeks uh, if you're feeling adventurous. Boys, hot topics. Let's get stuck into them. Fanua Apollo still haven't worked out the correct pronunciation of that. Apologies, I'll work that out. Um, Spy is the most traded in player this week. Where do you sit on him? Back on the bench, but you know anyone looking for cash at 175k scoring well, uh, hard to argue. Yeah, love him as a downgrade.
0: Uh, if you can get a bike the way you're downgrading, downgrading so to basement price, uh, and he's also going to sit there as a playing option just in case short hits the fan, then he's a perfect yep. perfect man for it.
1: A bit the same, mate. Hentro, I brought him in last week. Just you never know how handy players like him could come in in the back end of the season uh, if things do hit thy fan. Desi, Joe Tappany, another popular one this week, 670K, three-round average of ninety, five round average of 84. He's only scored one try this season, playing big minutes. Is he a must-have?
2: Ooh, I don't know about being a must-have, but he certainly is a keeper. I said that quite a while ago, but a must-have mm-hmm. is, I don't know, it's a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, I think maybe he needs a bit more attacking upside. As you said, he's only gone over for maybe like one or two attacking stats the whole year, so... Um. Yeah, to be a must-have, he needs to be scoring much more tries. But, yeah, he's you can't really argue with his base stats right now, can you?
1: Spy, I can't really find a way to bring him into my side, to be honest. And this isn't saying that I won't. I shouldn't say I can't find a way. I, I can. I can go Max King to him. However, my squad's stacked enough that I'm, I'm really struggling with my sit-V starts anyway, having to leave some good players out. But when I say struggling... I've got Isaiah Papali'i and Jason Tamalolo in my front row, so bringing Tapney in, I'd probably be nearly. Oh, I'd be sitting one of them anyway in my side. Uh, they, I can see them easily matching him. For the rest of the year, what what's your take?
0: Yeah, I'm looking hard at potentially getting him in. Obviously, the front row and mm-hmm. second row dual position's handy. Uh, the reason I quite like him is Des just touched on it. He hasn't had many attacking stats lately, yeah. and he's a try scorer, like he really is. And if you have a look at, after Melbourne this week, so I'm probably not going to get him this week, but after that, New Zealand... Titans. He then has Penrith, which will be a tough one, of course. But then he has Saints, Newcastle, Manly and the Tigers. So it's a pretty good old run home for the Raiders. Uh, maybe he gets a few meat piles on the way, but I think he has to be considered. But yeah, no one's a must have, but he certainly be bloody good to own. Mm.
1: Yeah, look, I I don't think I can find uh, probably a way to do it. I can see why. I'm definitely sure people are. The man is on an absolute tear. I just, if we're looking Maybe if if it's in the front row position more so. In terms of you bring him in for a back rower, and in my case, it would be for Max King, which is definitely an upgrade and a very good one to have. But one of the final trades, when that could be a a Cam Murray or a David Fafita with a way bigger ceiling. Uh, I know which way I'm going. Although Taps is just belting out 80s for fun, which isn't bad either. Spy, the Mitchell, third most traded in this week. Desi jumped on last week. I'm a little interested in this one, Not sorry, not in trading him in, but I, I was curious as to why people probably didn't make this trade last week and why he's so popular this week. He, I know he, I think he had a couple of tri-assists that were very soft in, on the weekend against the Knights. Uh, what's your take on the trail? Look, mate, he, he
0: still doesn't have a massive base and never will, uh, but he's goal-kicking, uh, which is huge. Yeah. Um, he's a kind of bloke. He came back from... The US, he's clearly motivated because I've never seen the bloke look fitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a straightaway indicator that you want him in your side. Uh, the issue is I've got nowhere to put him. If I, if I was going to get Luttrell, I'd have to forego Teddy, which I don't want to do. Um, but I mean, he's a pretty, he'd be enjoyable to own, I think. Uh, the draw hurts a little bit. Obviously, Bulldogs this week, he could do anything. Then they've got Melbourne Sharks, uh, Penrith, Cowboys, Roosters, Para all on the run home. If that was a better run, I reckon I'd nearly go him over Teddy just as a let's do it play with that run. I think Teddy becomes goes in for you. Um, guess what I'm trying to say is I love Latrell. I just don't have room for him with that run home, but he's he's gonna play well for you. Don't worry about that. Desi could uh, have an enjoyable run.
1: Yeah, well, you took the words out of my mouth there with the run spy, who we've which we've spoken about, but it is like. Particularly after this week, it nearly couldn't be a harder run home. They've got the Warriors in there. Outside of that, it's pretty well playing the top five, six teams Mm. every week. Now, Desi, in our uh, SC Playbook chat, I know you had a few stern words with Walsh looking at Latrell v. Teddy on the run home. (laughs) Despite hearing that run, you prefer him to Teddy on the run home?
2: Yep. I think, yeah, man, Walsh have a bit of money on it. Um, He thinks Teddy's going to outscore Latrell, I think, on the last what eight games, provided he plays this one Mm. this week. I think Luttrell will outscore him. Um, yeah, I'm not too f- concerned about the run for Luttrell. I mean, he's when guys tackle him, he brushes them off. It doesn't matter what team they play for, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously, South need attacking ball. They need positional um, field position for him to you know accumulate those tries. But South are the sort of team who can do that. You know, they they really do compete against these top teams. They made the grand final last year against kind mm. of all odds and they might do it again this year
1: yeah and then that's my concern that can they have they turned a corner because I'm not convinced they have although they've been we've been waiting for the trail to come back and see how it it'll impact them all season and they're two from two and looking a lot better but my fear particularly supercoach wise is that that he won't get as many attacking opportunities against say Penrith and the Cowboys and these better defensive sides that's my little bit of an issue but Again, at the same if the Bunnies do turn a corner and lift for these in the run to a sort of top four, top eight position, uh, it could just be an absolute masterstroke. And put it this way, I'm going to watch him very nervously for the rest of the season. On that topic, Spy, is Cody Walker back? A couple of good weeks. Uh, it might be one good week. I can't really remember. Um, but a massive one on the weekend. What are your thoughts on him? Because he was a bloke I was looking at moving out after round 17. Not so sure now. What do we reckon?
0: But firstly, I think he is back, um, just having Luttrell on his outside there. I mean, imagine having Luttrell on your outside, how good, uh, and Cody's reaping the wards of that, just a little bit of time uh, and pressure taken off him, and we know how good he can be. The issue is, he's timed it at the wrong stage of the year. If he had this sort of form on Luttrell with him yeah. over the last 14 weeks, he probably goes bananas, but I, I'm not sure I'd want to be owning Cody for that run. Uh, obviously, can no drama's playing <clears> this weekend for the Bulldogs, but... I think he's probably a cash-in in a couple of weeks. Um, if you prove, prove you're wrong, you don't have to rush the sell, uh, but I wouldn't be buying him, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, agreed. He's a huge watch for me this week against the Dogs uh, and anything less than perfection. Uh, as much as I've got a man crush on Cody Walker, I, I'll be tempted with that run to sell because I'll, I'll struggle to play him against a lot of those sides, Desi.
2: Boys, no, I think uh, as soon as Cody took that intercept, um, I think it was yeah. Milford that threw it to him. His eyes lit up. He went the length. For me, that was enough. I've seen enough. I'm bringing in um, Cam Murray and Damien Cook as soon as I can. I'm going to run all four South boys for the run home, even with that tough draw.
0: Desi, can I confirm you've been off the Cowboys all year, but you're all over South? Is that is that where we're at? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, mate, you, you might you we're might prove. <laughs> You might be like your namesake, uh, Mr. Des Hazley. You might just prove to be an eccentric genius, we'll see.
1: Every time I go to call Desi mad, he's manages to jump about 4,000 spots and have a killer supercoach ranking, and he's doing the same at the moment in, in, what do you say, (laughs) a tick over 600th place. So, mate, results speak for themselves, and you keep delivering, so I'm I'm hesitant to call you as mad as we think you are. Uh, Desi, the bloke you just touched on there, my – my official man Crash Cam Murray. Is he a must for the run home?
2: I think so, yeah. Um, you know, it, he's not really as draw dependent as uh, um, Cody or Latrell. I think he's going to knock out 50 tackles a game. Um, he's averaging, what, 73, 74, something like that, which is just absolutely yeah. elite in second row. He'd be the highest averaging second row other than IPAP. So I just can't see why you wouldn't grab him. And he's, he will still score tries close to the line, even against the good teams. Yeah,
1: I'm... Spy, I know you mentioned him as a... Sorry, mate. You mentioned him as a pod. Uh, would you put him in a must-have category?
0: I think he's close, uh, if healthy. As Desi just touched on, even in the tougher games, he'll make extra tackles. It appears his minutes are up this year. His average. If you have a look at what he was doing before Origin, he's had a couple of semi-quiet games with some lesser minutes than that, which is totally understandable. But his average might have been in the 80s as well. He hasn't scored a heap of tries He's he's the kind of bike that could score a double on any given night. Um, I mean, I know he's your original man-crush, Timbo, but uh, I'm not far off. He's just an absolute legend and (laughs) draw doesn't worry me at all. I I really hope I can own him uh, by next week and no reason why I can't, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: his numbers this year have been so good. And as a result of that sort of playing a few reduced minutes over the origin period may potentially happen again this week. Uh, he's at 580K, which is fantastic too for a bloke averaging 72 points. Um, that is, They do have the five-day turnaround from Origin 3. And the fact that the Bunnies are playing for a top-eight spot, if they can hit their straps, potentially top four, they don't really have the luxury to rest him as they sort of had in previous years. Um, Des, here's a good one because I know we've probably got different views on it. You're not convinced that Brian Totto is a must for the run home? I reckon he is. Why not?
2: Uh well, he probably is. He probably is. Um, it's just yeah, that that run scares me a bit. You know, we we know that he can burn your season. Um, if he gets on a try scoring roll, um, he he showed that last year. Um, and to some degree in the last, well, I think he scored six tries in the last four games. Um, so a three round average of ninety two. But yeah, it worries me that he misses the Tigers this week. Then has Sharks, Eels, Raiders, Melbourne, and South Sydney the next five games. Um, now, if you think that, you know, he scores a minimum five tries in those five games, then sure, mm. absolutely bring him in. Um, but yeah, if he doesn't score on average, probably a try a game in those, those top five matchups, then I don't think he's a must have. Um, he's a keeper, but not a must have. And I think a lot of people will probably want to antipod him to chase some, um, center wing keepers with easier draws towards the back end.
1: Do you reckon you'll antipod?
2: um I'm undecided it depends where I'm kind of ranked after this week um but yeah I probably would have brought him in if he did play um this week against the tigers but those mm. five games are very very rough um and he's not his base isn't as high as last year he's not um not cranking out sort of like 60 in base like he was last year he's getting 70 with a try and a 100 with two tries against the warriors you know it's it's a bit a bit more nerve-wracking for you yeah. um yeah, I probably still will bring him in
1: in saying all that. Spy, what's your take on him? <clears throat>
0: yeah, boys already own him. Um Desi's onto a couple of points there. His base is down a little bit purely just the amount of runs that uh Taylor May and Tungo have. Uh he all the ball doesn't go to him. So, but I mean, he's still a base monster. I mean, even when I've owned him for two weeks and I've still enjoyed just him getting in there, doing the work. I think post origin, probably his work rate might even go up again a little bit, but it's, you're right. It's not the same as last year. And playing on that right edge is not as good as the left edge for Penrith. But you talk about the draw for me, the Sharkies aren't terrifying. They're a good solid side, but against Penrith, anything could happen. And they play Para that edge defense, the left edge for Para isn't great. I'd be, very confident in that matchup. Canberra, they're not going that well, um, even though they're gritty. South, how goes their defence? Newcastle nearly put 30 on them. Then they have the Warriors. Uh, the only two real tough ones are probably Melbourne and Cowboys in their last round. I think the draw's not too bad. Uh, I think he'd be really good to own. Antipod isn't as big a risk <laughs> as last year, but I think if you can get him in, he, he'd be nice. Put it like this, I'd prefer him over Manu.
1: Hmm. So I just did a – I was looking at his uh, base of this year being 35 and I was thinking, oh, boys might be a little bit off the mark here. Like, it can't have been that far down on last year. Checked up last year, based 42 last year. Like, seven points in base is substantial. Uh, so you're right, it is down, but still 35 base per game is, you know, without checking it Huffy, your top three to five CT dubs in the game, if not more, Spy.
0: And just on that – even though it's only seven points, which isn't crazy, what does happen last year for every extra run Toto has, there's going to be a tackle bust in there. Yeah. Uh, that's the big one. It accumulates so quickly for him. So uh, might be nice if maybe Taylor May misses a few weeks. That'd be good. He might go to left edge, get on it. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Boys, there's been a naturally a post buy around exodus of trade out options. Uh, probably a pretty easy one here because I don't think you'll disagree too much. Although there's one bloke that the spy might disagree with. Uh, of these trade outs this week or even let's say potentially next week, around break et etc. Is there anyone from this list that you wouldn't be uh, looking to sell in the next week or two? Kiraz Kula, the King Boys Times Two, Mam Pennacini, and Brandon Smith Desi. Anyone you, you'd look to hold there?
2: I'm going to be holding Kiraz, but, um, yeah, I just, for reasons kind of I've alluded to, I think the Bulldogs will come home really, really strong. Um, you could probably get away with holding Max King as well. As for the rest, get him out.
1: Yeah, I think you're mad, mate. With uh, with these Garricks and Manus, or oh, I maybe mean, you you've got them both already, but Totos and all these huge ceiling players, are the dogs going to put enough points on to, to give Kiraz that ceiling?
2: Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see, but, you know... You might be without three of your Penrith boys when COVID rinses their whole whole entire team and then you'll be thinking, (laughs) gee, I wish I had Kiraz for that nice hundred against the Tigers.
1: And you're right, mate. It's also another trade used for a bloke who's going pretty damn well. So, uh, Spy, from that list, what are your thoughts? And I know you... You're a fan of Kiraz as well.
0: Well, believe it or not, I sold him last week.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which
0: proves uh, the necessity in this game. You can love someone, but if if you need to make a trade, you just need to do it. Uh, and it was just some buy coverage. I can't remember who I got in, but it was someone pretty substantial. Uh, so we went from there. Now, from that list, I'd say... I really wouldn't want to sell Ezra Mam this week. I don't own him, unfortunately, but I don't really want to say this because people might listen to me, but I do not want to watch him against the Titans this week. Uh, he could do anything. If you're looking to go to Munster, I'd just hold a week. Let's just make sure Munster's shoulder's all right. Uh, if I own Mam, I wouldn't sell him for Munster until next week with him playing the Titans. That's all I've got to say on that one. If you want to edit that out, that would be good, thanks, because hopefully everyone sells him. Um uh, Brandon Smith is an interesting one. I've got a bit of a strategy. To, you talk about prices and getting upside elsewhere. I'm really happy holding the cheese pending the judiciary tonight. Um, if it's only a week or two for his his slur on the ref or his, his cheating sledge, then – I really like him just as a backup to Harry Grant because you don't ever have to play him unless Harry Grant's out, in which case I'd happily mm. play him starting at hooker. He's starting to get his fitness up and his minutes again. Uh, I think he's a brilliant backup to Harry Grant. But if you don't own Harry, then yeah, he's the kind of like he's <clears> probably not doing a lot for you unless he's starting with Harry out. Uh, and Maxie King's probably the other one. He's, he fits me really well. On my side, personally, so I can flip him between front row and back row just as that extra (laughs) coverage during tough weeks. So that's why I quite like him. Uh, But he's certainly not a must-have unless he really suits your side.
1: Yeah, well, a few things to uh, dissect there. I am selling Ezra Man for Cam Munster. So, cop that. Cop that. Uh, And Max King, I also am currently holding at the moment. Uh, I just love his dual position, front row, second row, forward. He's on been on a bit of a tear as well of late. 5 round average of 63, 3 round average of 65, just building out some really solid scores. Uh, and because I don't really want to play my bench front rollers anyway at the moment, there's flexibility between switching between front row, second row. Uh, he can cover a little bit. And you know, if, if I want to trade him later on to someone like a Cam Murray, there's every chance it will happen. But uh, I do have Pol and Fafida as my reserve front rollers. So if I was to trade King to say a Fafida or a Cam Murray, I'm lacking a front row replacement, which is a concern. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, but there are trades there. There are trades there. So not not the end of the world. But uh, I don't mind the idea of holding him if he can keep up these sort of base stats mm-hmm. and offloads that he's been doing of late. Um, fellas, Round we, we're going to touch on sit and starts this week, which we will start to do pretty well every week on the run home because, boy, they're getting hard. Um, but with all the Penrith outs, a few Cowboys outs, a few different things, We'll we'll brush it for this week and get stuck into it from following weeks. The one that I do want to touch on, though, that I will be likely sitting from my team is Angus Crichton, who's been named to start. But, you know, I know the Dragons beat the Roosters early this year, but in a game where the Roosters should probably be winning, uh, Crichton could play decent minutes in origin, can see him playing reduced minutes this week, Desi. Um, So he's one that I'm happy, barring any further out, to sit. What do you reckon?
2: I think you're crazy. I'll be I'll be playing Angus uh, against the mm. Dragons. He's he's so due for a meat pie. He's been very close um, over the last couple of weeks in Origin. He scored, uh, but yeah, I, I guess it does depend on how how many minutes he plays in Origin. For sure, um, but yeah, I think I'll be playing him either way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just as said, it'll be dependent on how many minutes he plays on Wednesday night. But on a three day turnaround, you know they've got they've got someone like Nat Butcher to come in who's played 80 minutes a lot this year and you know Trent Robinson obviously has a, a soft spot there and likes him at the club so i can see him being benched come later on in the round uh, you mentioned but hasn't scored a try this season. And I'm very happily holding, just not necessarily play this week's bye.
0: Oh, he's so due for a meaty. He's, uh, he's been so close in recent weeks. Uh, I think his form's improving and he's running at Moan, who I quite like as a player, but he's a young 19, 20-year-old halfback. Yeah. Um, Saddiavo. It's sad that if you've got really good depth and someone else that's substantially quite good, then I don't mind. I like your logic. I see where your head's at, but also the Roosters need to win footy games. I think they're outside the eight at the moment, aren't they? So I think minutes, unless he plays like 60-plus in origin or 70-plus, which probably isn't that likely, um, I think he's a pretty good play myself.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully for Supercoach-wise, he doesn't play big minutes, in which case I'll uh, definitely, uh, for the Blues, that is, and lock him in for Supercoach. Fellas, round eighteen trades and skippers. Desi, what are you thinking at this stage?
2: Haven't got any locked in yet, but I really like the the look of uh, Fanua Paul. I kind of regret getting a Jed Cartwright last week instead of him, so I might shift out Leo Thompson, who I've kind of just held through the whole the whole season, um, and he's just getting twenties now. Mm. Um, I'll probably grab him, um, shift out Thompson, and maybe. Send someone like a you and Aitken to a David Fafida and just go full aggressive.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that at all. What about your skippers?
2: Uh I'll be going VC Manu C Pabenhausen.
1: Spy, where are you at?
0: Hey, it's a very interesting week. The the guys I really want in coming weeks are Harry Grant, but I've got Reese Robson still there, so I'm happy to hold him for the week. I really want Teddy, but I've got Mitch Moses playing the Warriors coming off a ton, so I'm happy to hold for the week. Uh, I want Cam Murray, but he's playing the last game this round. I don't want to get stuck, so he can wait a week. Therefore... We're going to go Will Pennacini who's been really good for me up until last weekend. Um, just didn't get much footy. He'll be going to David Fafida, you absolute ripper, uh, for, about <laughs> for about 120k. How yeah, good. Uh, and that leaves me with Joshy King, who he got me 35 last weekend. I was holding him for a 60, but I'll take it. Uh, he's due for a downgrade. And Deloise Huita. Uh, will likely be that downgrade. It'll be my third enough if I do that, but I do have the trades to back that up. And I think left wing versus the Titans, uh, well, last time out, Edric Lee scored five tries on the exact same position. So I'm going to bring him in, I think, as my downgrade option and play him. So let's see how oh, that goes.
1: Massive. Jeez, Spy, making some moves. Love a bit of a bold play. The Stales, ma'am to Munster. Uh... While the spy makes some good points around, I mean, the other the Titans do have some players back in here for feeders, who's I think one or two games back. Tino's expected to back up, but you know they're pretty ordinary. But I just think Munster missing Origin. He's had an extra week to get his shoulder right. He's going to be so fired up, particularly with Melbourne losing two on the trot down in Melbourne. Uh, So keen keen to get him back in. Pending more outs this week, uh, it's probably something I'll save for a week, but. There's a little bit to play out because I want to go Brandon Smith to Harry Grant, but that's also a little bit on the proviso that Brandon Smith doesn't go any good at the judiciary and misses at least a game because it'll mean Grant on the five day turnaround from Origin should play, well, very good minutes. Um, to do that, I'd have to use my final boost to free up a bit of money elsewhere. So yeah, it could be Munster and Grant in this week for Ma'am and Brandon, uh, but. It also could just be Mamda Munster this week and then Grant and another trade next week, which would have my team very well set up. Skippers, uh, struggle to go past probably Vice, uh, sorry, Captain Pappy. Uh, and as a Vice Captain, I don't really know. I haven't updated this since, uh, since the Panthers rested all their players, including Nathan Cleary. So... That'll be in the WhatsApp group for SC with subscribers later on in the week. Boys, a few questions, and there's a lot of uh yes and no's quick ones to get through here, so we should get through plenty. First question from Mitchie Hines, Akuma Stallion himself. Is 660 points too much to make up for yourself and the guru? Uh, so if anyone unaware of it, the guru and I are 107th and 108th place. So a bit of banter on the podcast for that one tomorrow. He says, with no buys left and most sides looking the same, how do you gain that much ground? Desi, firstly, 660 points too much for us, or are we a chance, and how do you make up the ground?
2: Uh, You make up the ground with some saucy VCs and Cs, um, and bringing in guys like Mm. David Fafita uh, when everyone else is too scared to get him. Um, 660 points, I think it's right on the the borderline of being too much, I think. For myself and the Spy, our season's probably over, but you boys still in with a sniff, I'd say, six hundred points. Can be made up.
1: I think the um without looking into it too much, I don't really follow these things until the final few weeks and we work it out from there, but um I think the bloke maybe leading a mile ahead. So it's a kind of like while there is a gap, I think maybe it's at first and second there's a, a, a bit of a fair way ahead. So kind of you're hoping that they maybe be running out of trades or don't have depth or you know, them to choke a little bit, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that's correct. I think uh, first and second have a six or seven trades left, I read somewhere, and they had about yep. 300K in the bank. So, you know, make of that what you will.
1: Hmm.
0: Spite? Yeah, just on that, the fact that the there's a massive lead for first and second, if those two blokes fold, uh, say so they run out of trades, get caught short in the last round, you can make up those 500 points in one week if they were three or four blokes short. Like, easy to catch up, um, but I agree, if they play their cards right, could be tough to do. Um, I don't know about Desi, but I still think I'm a chance. He doesn't own to oh, yet, but uh, I'm going to captain him for a 285 in round 24 against the Warriors. So uh, that should have seen me right in the hunt.
1: <laughs> I'm with you, boys. but We're very different when it comes to this. Myself and Spire are extremely glass half full. Uh, Desi and Walsh in particular very, very realist, I suppose, and very glass half empty. Always looking at the negative side of things, but I, I reckon there's I would be, there's eight rounds to go. Um, then we spoke at COVID, restings, all these sorts of things. Uh, shit can hit the fans so quickly. So I think people can come back from further away than I am at the moment. Uh, here's a really good question from Paul Kelly. I assume it is musician PK. Desi Munster or Grant, who's the bigger buyback priority for this week? He says he's leaning towards Grant due to Munster's suspect shoulder and MAM's favourable matchup against Titans. Uh, however, he says Appy also has a B5. Anyway, there's a few things in there. But who's more of a priority this week out of Munster and Grant?
2: Oh, well, uh, it's, got, it's got to be Grant, especially with Appy not playing. Um, you can throw that idea of holding him out the window. Um, but, yeah, I think if you have Ezra, that that matchup against the Titans, I sold him last week and I, I had my head in my sort of hands watching <laughs> that Dragons game a little bit. Um, so I was glad when he... Got a got a bit of a breather towards the end, but yeah, Grant Grant is a must-have. Get him in.
1: Do you, would you have him there, Desi, ahead of Munster? Take out all the other factors.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, I probably would. What about you, Spy? Take out all the other factors. Like if Bam was irrelevant and all that, then I'd yeah. ha, I'd have him as neck and neck. Nothing in it, to be honest.
1: I like Munster because I just think he's got more of that chance to hit the one hundred and fifty that we all seek so desperately. Yeah. Whereas Grant. See, so, yeah, I, I would disagree there. I think. What do you mean? I, I don't think Grant's ever hit 150. Munster's done it numerous times. Nah,
0: Grant hasn't played in about two years.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what, he'd have a top score of about 130? We'll get
0: back to you, but I think Harry can easily go 150.
1: Very well. I think he can. I just think Munster's way more likely. But maybe I'll just get both of them, watch them both get 150 and stuff as well. Beautiful. Matty Gibson, need a 5'8 partner to partner Dillbags for the run home. Do I just not think about it and go Munster or is it or is Drinky an option with the Cowboys draw being much better, Des?
2: Uh yeah, I I'd be going Munster for sure. Spite?
0: I think drinky is a genuine pot option, uh, with their run mm-hmm. home. Um agree, <laughs> Munster's the, the logical make sense brain play, but yeah, no I'm not off drinky at all. Uh both would be nice because I do.
1: Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm half. I'm half thinking Cody to drinky in the next couple of weeks, potentially. See how things uh, pan out there, guys. A few quick fire ones for you, Brody Towns. Would you trade out Hughes to Teddy for the run home, Des? Yes or no? Yep. Spite?
0: Yep. If trades allow.
1: Nathan Callender, Sevo or Tupu for the run home,
0: Des. Probably Sevo.
1: Spite?
0: I think Tupu. I think he's. I think he could have a good run home. I'd have, it just depends on the draw for me. Uh, I can't give you a quick answer. Both are good, both are cheap, but Tupou's are like 4.60 or something crazy. So I might just yeah. edge him.
1: Ed, Tupou's base is so good. He's so much safer than Sevo. Sivo's dead set, so got 15s in him. Uh, a couple of good ones from the Raymanator. Desi, Manu or Garrick? Ooh. Uh,
2: I think Manu. What What a
0: question. I could decide that this week if I upgrade Penasini to one of the two. And I don't know. Uh, Garrick's run home is better. I'll give you that. So I'll go with Garrick.
1: Oluquatu or Murray, Des? Oh,
2: my God. Okay, I'm going to have to go against my manly boy again. I, I think Murray.
0: Spy. These are getting trickier by the bloody minute. <laughs> Just have them both. But um, if I had to choose, uh, my life was on the line, then, well, of course, you'd cross tram- Cam with your life over anyone else.
1: Oh, yeah. Daz here's a good one for you because I believe you're in this situation. Question from Kirk. Zach Lomax, would you sell? Would you hold or sell? It says seven trades left and still need Grant. What are your thoughts on Lomax?
2: Uh, I think you hold him with seven trades left. Like It's not like he's going badly. He's still averaging 60, which is kind of all you need from your center wing. Mm. Um, Brian Towa is only averaging three points more than him, just to put it into perspective. So I'd be holding.
1: Spy... Lucky last question from Luke Masters, and you'll be in his position not this week, I anticipate, but next week probably. He says, would you cut ties with Moses to make way for Teddy?
0: Uh, Yep, I am next week. There you go. Easy one. If Mitch puts up 180 this week and I have to reassess, then that'll be a happy decision to make. But, yeah, I'll think (laughs) Teddy's your man.
1: Like it. All right, boys, that's enough for the SC Playbook podcast this week. Desi, thank you very much.
2: Cheers, boys. Good luck. Thank you, Spite. Thanks, fellas.